All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. They've got you covered for your trading card needs, so go check them out, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you, Zephyr Epic's got you covered, as I said, for all of your trading card needs. The best part about Zephyr Epic, in our humble opinion, is that they ship free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from... From Surrey to Sutherland, Saskatchewan. Sutherland, Saskatchewan. Has a good ring to it uh, in its own right. Let me uh, let me run through the facts quads before we let you uh, chat about it. Alright, population, 5,200. So this is you know half decent little town. I like the over five thousands. They got a lot going on there. Uh, here's what the average home cost uh, in Sutherland is: 
So my hometown in Nanaimo, there was a big deal back in December. They released like uh, how the the average home price in Nanaimo, and this is Nanaimo, not Vancouver. The average home in Nanaimo is over a million dollars. Well, the average home in Sutherland is $288,000 to buy. So very cheap to buy a house uh, in Sutherland. Former, or I guess home of former NHLer Chuck Rayner, who was a goaltender who played 425 games in the NHL. Goals against average over three throughout his career. But get this, Chuck Rayner's nickname, and I don't know how the hell this happened, and I just saw the nickname. I didn't see why this was ha- like given to him for a nickname. Chuck Rayner's nickname is Bonnie Prince Charles. That's what they called him. Uh, as the goaltender uh, in the NHL for, I think, like 13 seasons, 400 games. Chuck Rayner, nicknamed Bonnie Prince Charles. That's a nickname. That doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm a little confused about it, if I'm being honest with you. Do you have more on that or, or no? Nope. The, you know, my sources, you know my sources online here. They're they're trustworthy to, to a degree, but they don't give you all the damn information. So... Uh, somebody can look it up and let us know why Chuck Rayner was nicknamed Bonnie Prince Charles. Should we play everybody's favorite uh, Canadian geography game? The uh, Does it have a Boston Pizza, Tim Hortons, or an A&W, or all of the above? Should, should we play that with Sutherland? Because I'd like to, I think. Well, in the history of Sutherland that I learned, um, a big a monumental day was in the 1980s when they received a... Real Canadian Superstore. So that was a big day uh, in Sutherland. That was literally in the Wikipedia page about like history of <laughs> Sutherland. So uh, I'm going to guess that this is very much a A&W town. I mean, 5,000 people, like towns of 5,000, they get a Boston pizza for sure. I think I think it's got a Tim Hortons. I'm not going with A&W or Boston pizza. I think it only has a Tim Hortons. Well, no, I mean, I... <sighs> Town of five thousand. That's got to have. That's got to have a Boston pizza. I'll have. I'm gonna look this up here. I don't think that because okay, you look up Boston pizza. I'm looking up Tim Hortons. We're doing this live on there. We're getting ready for the live show. Also, as as Chris and I do that, folks, I should mention uh, we're apart. Uh, Chris is in Penticton for the Young Stars tournament, which we'll get to uh, in a second here. But right now we're we're looking this up. But uh, I'm still back in the Lower Mainland. Uh, we're getting ready for training camp next week. But Chris, uh, Chris having that Nation Network whip cracked on him by me. Uh, he is in Penticton right now. Um, he's going to be covering the Young Stars tournament all weekend long. Canucks are coming off a big win on Friday night, and we'll get to that in a second. But Chris, do you have anything on Boston Pizza? I don't see a Boston Pizza, but they got a Taco Time, so that's good enough in its own right. I hope that. Uh, by the way, I don't sound too bad. Like I, I didn't even go out uh, and have a drink last night, but I did. Uh, I did leave the AC on when I went to sleep, and like I can feel the raspiness in my voice. Plus, I'm coming in on a different mic, um, so yeah, I'm gonna imagine that I sound pretty strange right now on the podcast. Okay, so they have a Tim Hortons. They have a few Tim Hortons, by the way. Hmm. Like more than a few. It's it's got a bunch of Tim Hortons. I'm I'm shocked. At how many Tim Hortons there are? What well, how the? many? How many are we talking here? I, I can't even count them. I, I'm I'm blown away. I literally I might have to post this photo because there's so many. I I can't believe it. And I'm texting it to you right now so you can see it. I know this makes great radio, folks, but I might tweet this as well. Actually, I'm gonna tweet it with no context so people don't know uh, what's coming. But holy smokes, I I am stunned. At the amount of Tim Hortons in this city. But you're right, Chris. I couldn't find a Boston pizza and a taco time. Who would have thought that, eh? Dude, there's like... From the picture you just sent me here... There's three talk, or three Tim Hortons in like a kilometer and a half strip. Yes. It's unbelievable. So like every five, I'm literally stunned. Yeah. I, I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta tweet that out with no context. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do that right now, but uh, as I do that, go ahead and start us with your Young Stars covered. What is, oh wait, no, we still have to just mention nope. that we are delivered, excuse me, by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD, that will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli, joined as always by the man who built plays Chris Faber. Chris, you're in Penticton, you're covering the Young Stars, what'd you see on Friday night? Well, you know, I gotta start with the DoorDash, I'm on uh, here 
like on uh, on location for work, so I hit DoorDash last night. So I order a pizza at like I, I don't know. Got home pretty late from the rink, did a lot of writing, and then ordered a pizza at like twelve thirty on DoorDash. Got here like just after one. Uh, excellent little pizza, two for one Canadian. Uh, shout out to them over here uh, in Penticton. Good little pizza showed up late. Uh, even gave the delivery driver like a ten dollar cash tip because I was like, dude showed up here at like one o'clock. Like that's a late night for a DoorDash dude. So, um, yeah. It's uh, It was good pizza last night, and I got half of it in the fridge here. We're all good. We're no, not worried about food for the rest of the week here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was... Sorry. What a- I need to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry to interrupt you. Um, I just found out Sutherland is not a city, Chris. It is a neighborhood in Saskatoon, which explains the amount of Tim Hortons that we saw. We were looking at a map of Saskatoon, not just Sutherland. That was an entire... That was all of the Tim Hortons in Saskatoon, which we I think we could have guessed there would be a, bit, a high number of them. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. There's... Yeah, that, that's the blank <laughs> spot stunned. on my... Uh, the blank part of my research there was, was not knowing that Sutherland <laughs> is just like a part of uh, Saskatoon. <laughs> Which you know what? Now that now that I say it out loud, my so my fiance's parents live in Saskatoon, and they only listen to the start of this show, and then as soon as we start talking hockey, they turn it off because uh, they want to support the downloads and listens, but they don't really like the the Canucks talk. So they're going to be screaming once again. And they normally get mad when I pronounce uh, uh, like cities from New Brunswick wrong, but now they're going to be like, how, "How did you not know that this is Saskatoon?" So they're going to be pissed about this. It's likely that <laughs> they like live. At a map. Yeah, they're going to end up like living in Sutherland, probably, and I'm going to get a text from uh, my fiance's mom about that very soon, as soon as this episode drops, pretty much. <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt you. Back to your Young Stars coverage. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, what an excellent uh, tournament it's been. Like, just not even I'm just talking about, like, we only had one night of games on Friday. I went to both of them. Uh, I just think that, like, the, the vibe around the city is awesome. Like, this whole area that we're in and and i'm right across the road from the rink it's just there's so many fans here at this hotel that i'm staying at the the amount of fans that we saw at that game was pretty great and man like i I can't get over this uh i think it's called the south okanagan event center the where the penticton v's play i can't get over like this is a junior a arena it's ridiculous to me because i've seen other junior a arenas i've gone with you to whatever that little teeny barn with three rows of seats is uh to watch a coquitlam express and then I, you know, I know my Nanaimo Clippers down at Frank Crane uh, Arena in Nanaimo. And, like, this, it's ridiculous to me that this is where, like, a junior A hockey team plays because it is a gorgeous rink. Um, and so far, a really good tournament. Uh, it, it was nice to watch the Oilers uh, play against the Jets. That was a half decent game. Jets have some pretty talented players. And then the Canucks on Friday night was, uh, was a pretty fun game. Like, it was uh, the expectation going into it was. This is probably the best goaltending matchup that you'll see throughout the tournament with Dustin Wolf going up against Archer Silovs. I don't think there's two better goalie prospects at this tournament. And to watch those two have a good battle for 40 minutes and then the Canucks come through in the third period. I mean, uh, overall, like the first day of all of the Young Stars tournament for the Vancouver Canucks, I don't know if it can go much better. I mean, it was uh, a very good showing. It was some good feeling moments watching Archie Baines be the first guy to score for the Vancouver Canucks, a hometown kid with his parents in attendance, first time wearing a Canucks jersey and having the number and the name on the back. Like, just just an awesome story in that uh, in that right on its own. But, um, I mean, it's set up so well, man. I, uh, You know, Jonathan Wall is a guy who, who is, you know, t- kind of made this, this tournament his baby. Uh, and he's been all around the rink. I chatted with him well multiple times yesterday, just kind of walking around the rink and seeing him. And uh, he, he's doing an excellent job. He really cares about making this tournament like the best it could be. Uh, and for a fan experience, I thought it was it was perfect. Like it, it was it was a great day of hockey. What a great tournament set up here. And it's it's so awesome to have the young stars back here in Penticton. I, I I've never been to one before, so it was great to just kind of like go into here and not really have expectations, but. Uh, the expectations that my mind would have set in its own right, like they have been blown away. I, I love the Young Stars tournament, and we're only one day into it so far. You likely weren't expecting to hear Bruce there it is chant uh, at that tournament, were you? Oh, dude! So I gotta, I gotta tell you what, what actually what happened here. So I'm looking, um, and th- here's my only complaint about the Young Stars. My only complaint is that we are. As media, we're set, and you've seen this sometimes in random ranks, the media is set, like, behind a net. So it's not like, it it makes it a real struggle to see, like, the other end of the ice. 
but it did set up a perfect viewpoint for this. So I'm looking at my left, Section 107, shout out to them, they were tweeting at me. They were the ones that started the Bruce There It Is chant, and it was loud. They had a good crew of people with the Bruce There It Is chant. So I look to my left, I see that chant going off. I look to my right, and I don't know if anybody captured this on video. I wish I did. But Bruce was like, I don't know, when you see someone laughing really hard and they're almost like bouncing back and forth on their chair, like back and forth and losing (laughs) it, like Bruce was losing it. He was having such a good time. Uh, watching that, and then the fans were even going more nuts when they saw Bruce, like, absolutely losing his mind about it, so, um, I, I immediately saw, like, the Canucks socials team just, like, trying to get as many cameras on him as possible, uh, during the Bruce There It Is, but I think they missed it, but a lot of people saw, uh, Bruce, Bruce's reaction to the Bruce There It Is chant was hilarious, man, he was losing it like he was at a comedy show, and just, like, I don't know, it's, it's been a blast so far to see, um, all the Canucks brass out there and, and uh, being able to get these young stars off to a really good start with a big 3 nothing win. That, yeah, that was hilarious to see. Uh, not the win, the uh, the Bruce There It Is chant. I, I was I was shocked. That was that was so, so much fun. But uh, as for the game, you know the only person I want to talk about is Archer Seelovs, but I'm going to do that for a little while, and I'm, I want to warn you that I'm going to be doing that for quite some time, so do you have anything from that game that you'd like to discuss that isn't about Archer Seelovs? <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what, it is, it is the biggest story, I think, from that game, like it was, um, you know, he ends up making just four saves in the third period, so it's not like he was really challenged in the final frame, but that the, the opening 30 minutes, I thought, like, he was really challenged, the, the final kind of second half of the game was was really a good job by the Vancouver Canucks just having possession in the offensive zone. But I'll, I'll let you go first with your with your Seelaws talk because I do think it kind of was to me um, one of you know the two big stories like that and, and Bain scoring that that was pretty incredible. Like I'll get to mine after, but I'll let you go off. You can do your Seelaws thing now. It, he was. I'll just I'll just add this. Like in in the post game media availability, like Seelaws was. This is the best I've seen him uh, in an interview. And he he was happy. He was giving good answers. He even tried to like uh, make a little bit of a joke at one point where he, like, I asked a question about uh, something with like uh, spending time with Ian Clark so much in the summer and like how do you kind of transition all the work that you put into game action because that's something that he hasn't really had an opportunity to do over the last two years. Like all this work that he does, uh, whether it even be like last summer or the summer before it's not like he was immediately thrown into spots and being the first starter for the team out on the ice in the AHL last year. He's kind of coming in as the the second goalie, ends up pretty much becoming the third goalie, not that early into the season because Spencer Martin was so good when he got his chance. So he, he kind of joked and it was kind of inter- it was kind of funny watching him put it together because, you know, um, English is his second language, but he, he speaks it well, obviously. I think he's going to be used as a translator today, actually, for Danilo Klimovic. Um, but he, he joked and he's just like, I'm just trying to ride that wave. And as he like gave that answer, he had like a big smile on his face. Cause I think he was pretty happy that he was able to, to get that saying out there. And, and that's pretty damn true, right? Like, uh, when you're working with Ian Clark and you're spending all this time with him in the summer, I think there's a, there to a certain degree, you do kind of just want to like ride that wave. And, um, and so far, like, uh, you know, really good showing obviously for him in his first game, but I'll, I'll let you go off on the actual game stuff of Seelaws. Cause yeah, he was, he was excellent. He was a really good goaltender in uh, in that game in a 24-save shutout. Well, I just like when he plays on a bigger stage and, and fans are, like, shocked about him. Fans are like, oh, wow, this Seelovs guy is pretty good. And, you know, I've been talking about this for a long time, so I feel like listeners of our podcast already know Archer Seelovs is the real deal and that he's going to be something special. But it's funny because, like, this happened in that uh, preseason game against Seattle. Like, this, even it was the Seattle announcers for the most part, but it was also, like, even some Vancouver media was like, wow, Seelovs is pretty good. It's like, yeah, like, pay attention. You can, you can see that he's good uh you know just when when you watch him at any level right so anyways it, it, it was really funny uh just I, I always get a kick out of it when I see Twitter and everything uh talk about Seelovs and yeah like last night guy gets a shutout in his first Young Stars game and again like let's not forget he was going toe-to-toe with Dustin Wolf who you know by all accounts is the best goaltender in this tournament and yeah, I joked on the last show that Archer Seelovs is the best goaltender in the tournament but by the numbers Right now, he actually is. Like, he, he outplayed Dustin Wolf last night, who, as we said, is, is probably the best goaltender in this tournament. So the fact that Seelov is able to do that, um, and again, like, the outlook for him this year in the AHL, I'm going to be really curious to see how many starts he gets with, uh, 
Jeremy Colleton's guy, uh, Colin, Colin Delia down there in the minors with them. Again, uh, I've said it before, but I'm fully expecting Spencer Martin to uh, be the NHL backup, leaving Colin Delia in the minors. So I, I, I'm really curious to see how many starts Seelovs gets. I, I think he deserves it. Like, I think he deserves that AHL starting job. And again, like, if he's able to do that, um, he's kind of following the path of, you know, Mikey DiPietro when everybody was really high on Mikey DiPietro, right? When Mikey DiPietro came in uh, kind of in his rookie AHL season and took the starter's job from Zane McIntyre, that was a huge win for Mikey DiPietro. And then obviously COVID happened. Uh, we don't have to get into all that right now, but I- I'm really excited for the future with Archer Silovs. I-, I think he- I've said it before. I think he's an exceptional goaltender. I think he showed it last night. Uh, I- I'm really excited to see what he's able to accomplish this year. Yeah, and I think it was huge for him to just like I'm sure Jeremy Colton's very aware who by the way is the AHL coach this year. He's also coaching at this Young Stars tournament. I'm sure he's very aware of like the work that that Seelaws has been putting in with Ian Clark and uh Marco Tor- Torenius. Have I got that right? Torenius? You do. Yep. Perfect. Okay, I'm nailing that. Um so like I, I'm, I'm sure that he's aware of the work that he's putting in, but for for Carlton's first viewing of game action, Seelovs to be a 24 save shutout. Like I know it's just the Young Stars tournament, but it still means a lot. And Carlton kind of spoke about that in the post game as well, just saying like, you know, there's there's a lot of takeaways from watching a player in game action, right? And these are things that he was very happy about, whether it be guys returning from the AHL uh, who played last year to this tournament, uh, or guys that he just hasn't seen before but expects to see in the AHL lineup for him, like this. You know, this situation with Seelovs is a perfect example of that. Um, Carlton's got to expect to see Seelov play some games. And, I mean, if he's if he's running through this tournament and playing extremely well, which is something that's very possible, I mean, look at the the heater that Seelovs went on at the World Championships with Latvia. I mean, uh, this this guy, I don't know, he, he's streaky at times, right? There was even times last year in the HL where he was extremely, uh, extremely good for a handful of games, but he also had a hand, like a few games where he wasn't good, and that's kind of what affected, in my eyes, his goals against average and save percentage if you're looking at just basic goaltending metrics and, and looking up some numbers. Like, Seelaws doesn't look like he had a good season last year, but if you go by and you watch, like, the game-by-game, like you're kind of impressed on like a handful of games, but it wasn't like he was able to keep it up for every start that he had. Um, so, so right now it's like it's this tournament's a great opportunity for him to make a good first impression on Colton, and obviously that first game was a good showing for him to start with. Yeah, absolutely right. Like it's all about impressions, and again, that was a really good first impression for Artis he loves to make. And the final thing I want to say on him uh, is just about like the structure in his game, right? Because I was talking to Colin Delia, uh, and you know he was talking about his career, reflecting a little bit on his career in Chicago, and he talked about how badly he just wanted structure in his game and how he never really got it in Chicago, right? And again, like that's why I make such a big deal about. Uh, the Canucks goaltending department with the fact that with Curtis Sanford at the helm, or not at the helm, excuse me, but um, in in the AHL, how the communication was really good between Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford and then the goaltenders. Like, um, I, I've made the big deal of it in the past of mentioning that, you know, goaltenders would go to training camp, learn things from Ian Clark, and then they would go down to the minors and they would have the exact same things being taught to them by Curtis Sanford, right? Um, and, you know, I tried to stress that that was a big deal. Um, and to hear Colin Delia kind of talk about his time in Chicago and say, like, you know, no one really brought structure into my game and you know he mentioned working with Ian Clark is a big reason that he uh that he chose to sign in Vancouver because he wants that structure in his game um it it was really interesting because then we we were kind of just chatting about Archer Seelovs and he said like it's crazy like I watch Seelovs and I'm kind of jealous because these new concepts that I'm learning uh, at the age of 26 or 27 however old um Delia is you know, he's, he's had them from the start. Like he's basically only worked with Ian Clark, um, in his professional career. Right. So, um, Delia was kind of joking that he's a little bit jealous of Seelovs because he's got these concepts kind of ingrained into him. And again, like you see it last night, right? Like you see the post integration, you see the way he moves, um, really how similar it is to Thatcher Demko, right? Um, like I've always talked about Seelovs being an athletic freak. Like you can see how fast he drops into the butterfly, how well he seals off the bottom of the net um you know just with with such efficiency right um it really is a treat to watch Archer Seelovs play and again like like I said I I think this kid is going to be really really good 
Yeah, and I think uh, you know, I, I I did ask the question like, is he going to send uh, Clark a text message? But I, I at the time I must have blanked because Ian Clark is out here as well. Um, he's not on the ice like uh, Mark, Coach Marco, who I'm going to say. Uh, he he was out like on the ice with Seelaws and uh, even like you know chatting with Ty Young about like what it's like to you know even just go up and like make a save on on one of the Sedins. Like Ty Young said, it was pretty uh, surreal. Like almost gives him like chills when he's on the ice and makes a glove save on one of the Sedins. So um, there's there's a good group of development staff out here, and that includes Ian Clark out here as well to help develop these goaltenders. But um, kind of just sets him up nicely. And, and yeah, you mentioned it. Like you, he is an athletic freak. He's worked on a lot of things to kind of refine his game. And, and when I asked him about if he's a different goaltender coming into this year than last year, he said, yeah, because everything's always improving and it's always small things. Like, that's what he was saying. It's not – I think the way that Ian Clark works with Seelovs is like – you've talked about this a lot, Quads. Like, he, you know, obviously Ian Clark's very high on Seelovs. It's something that's, like, pretty much public knowledge from the organization. Um, and – that's kind of what he said. It's like it's not really like Clark's changing everything in his game, but the way that he said it was like it's it's not big changes, but it's always small changes. Like it's always little things, little ways for him to have like be more mechanically sound. And and yeah, like man, it showed really well in that first game. I thought he was great. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I got on Sea Loves. Uh, you can talk right. about your other players before we go to our ad break. And I got to mention little little uh, little tease here: the Atlas Goods poll question. My option didn't get on there, and I'm a little pissed off about that. And uh, okay. folks can probably already guess what it is without hearing the question. Uh, but you go ahead. You tell us about the rest of that game and, and kind of, you know, just, just what you saw, who you're excited about, that that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, um, I guess we'll kind of just get started with uh, the top line. Like, I thought they were, I thought the top line was really good. Uh, of Archdeep Baines, Chase Waters, and Linus Carlson. Uh, that line looked strong, specifically, like, you know, watching Carlson drive to the net. Um, I think a lot of people have expectations of Swedish players and it's that they are good shooters and they stay on the, you know, stay on the outside and really rely on those distant shots. But Carlson was, you know, putting his shoulder down, driving to the net, uh, being able to bang against bodies in the corners and, and come out of those 50, 50 battles with the puck. And like, I, I really liked that line, uh, in the game on Friday. I thought they did a good job of maintaining possession in the offensive zone. Also a really good job of, just defending like you know waters and Baines are, are really smart defenders and I think I think the best player in this whole game was Arshdeep Baines and I mean from, from start to finish it looked like he just he had that he had that go up and get it attitude he was going and creating plays for himself he was really good in the defensive zone and active stick and I think that's super uh, it, it's 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 great to see it's a step in the right direction for a guy who I don't think a lot of people actually have concerns about him uh, jumping into the AHL, I certainly don't. I think he's a guy who, you know, led the led the WHL in scoring last year. I think that's going to be a spot where he's going to put up points when he gets to the AHL as well. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see where he kind of shapes out into the AHL lineup. I don't know if he starts the season in the top six, but uh, everything that he showed in that first game of the Young Stars proved that he is a, a legit player for this team and I think is going to be a guy who gets some good good positions to be put in uh, in the HL this season. So I really like Baines's game. Uh, and even the second line, it, it had its moments, right? I mean, uh, Daniil Klimovich kind of, you know, it was funny for me because I've seen a lot of AHL games for Klimovich and uh, a lot of these uh, people that are, a lot of Canucks media hasn't seen as much Klimovich as I have. So uh, it was kind of funny. I said like, uh, you know, at the end of the game, like you got the full Klimovich experience, man. You got couple of really good shots that missed the net you got a couple of scoring chances that he created with the speed he also broke his stick and didn't look very happy about that you also saw times where he you know you, you see the controller die and he kind of just doesn't really give a full effort coming back on a back check uh you got to see a lot of what Klimovich did in that game and um I I did like the combination and they were both getting opportunity on the power play was uh Quinn Schmeeman and Chad Nychuk, the two players that they signed out of the WHL defensemen. Both of them, I thought, played well. I think it's interesting for me because I want to see these two players, though they're so similar of guys who scored well in the dub and now making the jump to the pro hockey. Uh, but they're going to be kind of battling each other for minutes uh, in the AHL. And I thought Schmeeman kind of won night one uh, of the Young Stars in that aspect. And he's put into a little bit of a, a higher role. He's on the first power play. He's playing on the first pairing. So really good stuff for him. But... The name that stuck out is kind of to me like the second best player on the ice is Tristan Nielsen, 
who's a dog, by the way. Tristan Nielsen was all <laughs> over the puck. Offensively, like being able to carry it in the offensive zone. Little things of just getting underneath the skin of the opposition. I know there was a huge hit from from you know little five foot nine Nielsen uh, at one point in the in the neutral zone or kind of near the blue line. He like laid a massive hit after Klimovich went like sliding into Almond uh, and tripped each other up. And then I forget the guy's name on on the Flames. It's like Kapka, I think maybe or something like that. He's a six foot eight. Uh, forward for the Flames, and he just goes and like tries to challenge Nielsen, who he literally had like a foot uh, height advantage on, and he just kind of dropped Nielsen to the ice. But uh, the dude was was playing a really good game. He's an absolute dog. Like Tristan Nielsen was all over the puck. He was he was excellent on the forecheck. He drew some penalties in that game. I I thought that he was you know a player that really stood out at these young stars tournament because of his speed he ends up scoring the second goal for the Canucks to kind of put it away into the third period and uh really liked the play from him man I I think it's going to be an interesting year for him I know that he's hungry like I, I've talked to him out there at those skates in Burnaby and and the way that he's talking about it it's like you know it's not like his his whole pro career is riding on this season but I think to a degree like it almost is a little bit I think he he might be able to get an opportunity somewhere else in the AHL if he doesn't pan out here, but he, he talked about the importance of, of playing for a contract this season. This guy isn't playing for, you know, a lot of hockey players are in the situation, we talk about this often, that, you know, they're going to be UFAs at the end of the year and they're going to play really hard to, to make big money on their next contract. For Nielsen, it's like he needs to produce and he needs to play well in the AHL just to stay in the AHL. For him to earn a contract next year, isn't about like how much money he can make it's about if he stays a pro hockey player and I think he he showed well in his rookie season uh in the AHL even had that hat trick game that we talk about so often here on this show but injuries kind of derailed him at the end of the year it's why he wasn't able to play in the playoffs as well but this kid can absolutely fly I've said it before I'll say it again he's got that dog in him and and Nielsen's (laughs) just like it it's a blast to watch him have a game like that where he makes such an impact playing his style and um yeah, I'm excited to see him at training camp because I do think that his speed is going to be something that kind of sticks out a little bit, uh, even against NHL players. Like, he has that much speed in his game where it does stick out no matter who he's on the ice with. Tristan Nielsen, featured in our Atlas Kids poll question, which we'll get to. We'll get to that uh, in a second. But right now, we'll take a quick break. On the other side, like I said, Atlas Kids poll question and the outlook for the rest of the tournament. So keep it locked, keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Folks, if you want to advertise with us, shoot us a message. At Quadrelli on Twitter. At Chris Faber 39 on Twitter as well. 
In the meantime, it's time for our episode 297 Atlas Goods poll question. Our poll question brought to you by locally owned and operated Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. You've heard us talk about them before, folks. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight out of your microwave or air fryer. I cannot stress the fresh factor enough because they are completely different than any pork rinds you've had before. So go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds. Our poll question today, which young star are you most excited to watch at Maine Canucks training camp, which is next week in Whistler, by the way? Arshdeep Baines, Tristan Nielsen, Dog. Linus Carlson, and as always, I'm angry. Chris, I voted I'm angry, and I'm sure you could guess why. Can you please uh, give your answer first? Yeah, I know why you're mad. Um, I guess at main camp, I, I kind of mentioned I, I would like to see Tristan Nielsen there. I mean, all three are kind of different reasons. I think Linus Carlson, you want to see how he skates with NHL players, a lot of a lot of people believe that that Carlson might be that that first call up if you want to see a guy play in the top nine. I, I'm I'm not really in that camp. I need to see this guy skate at the AHL level uh, and have success there before he he jumps a guy like Phil DiGiuseppe to me or even a Sheldon Dries to play the wing. So yeah, I think uh, to me I, I'm going to go with Nielsen. I think that his speed is something that I love. I, I want to see him fit in with NHL players. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch him play because he is such an aggressive player that I think that he could adjust his game to be a guy who maybe down the road has a ceiling of, of playing fourth line minutes for the team and being a penalty killer. So uh, I want to see this guy skate against NHL competition again. I think he's he's made big improvements from what we saw uh, from him at last year's camp as well, where he was really a no-name guy. The only reason that we brought his name up was because he's a former Vancouver Giant. But after seeing certain things in the AHL and seeing how well he was able to produce at, uh, for a little bit of a stretch there, uh, I, yeah, I want to see what he looks like um, moving forward. So, so he's the guy I want to watch, and uh, all three of them, man. Like really, for for different reasons. Like R.C. Baines, I want to see him too. I want to see what he looks like in a preseason game. I I hope that he plays with some NHL players in a preseason game at some point this year, where you know you, you maybe want to mix him in there on like a, a bottom six role with some players like you know some some of the guys that are kind of on the fringe as well and just see how he fits in with these fringe players for the Canucks roster like you know have him on a line with uh Dakota Joshua let him play with like a Jason Dickinson at center like see what he looks like a little bit so um all three kind of have their reasons and I know you even have like a fourth guy that you're excited to watch anyways here who I'm already seeing comments coming in uh of why Archer Silov is not on this list here that's right we don't have a text inbox but I'm gonna read the replies uh at Jared on Twitter this is Seelov's erasure, okay? Brock, Brock Bergen on Twitter, Archer Seelov's is the correct answer, and he went ahead and tagged me in that as well, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, look, I understand we've got to put I'm angry in this poll question, but folks, we, we almost had to put Archer Seelov's here. I, I can't believe Archer Seelov's isn't in this poll. Uh, I am extremely excited to watch him at main camp, because, you know, this is an important camp for Archer Seelov's. Like I said, like, Mikey DiPietro is still here. I'm sure folks know that, and the sense that I get is, is perhaps that the organization might be, uh, you know, waiting to see what happens, and if any teams get desperate for goaltending help, um, you know, obviously the waiver wire gets a little busy, um, at at the conclusion of training camps and, and preseason games and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see uh, kind of what happens with Mikey DiPietro if he is eventually moved. Because remember, he uh, made a trade request in the offseason. And, um, you know, that trade request obviously hasn't been... Um, honored just about yet uh and again like there's Nils Lundqvist news I'm not sure if you saw it Chris but we're going to talk about that uh in a future episode we're not going to talk about it in this one but Nils Lundqvist not showing up to training camp apparently uh Mm -hmm. Rangers training camp and that's coming straight from his agent uh Claude Lemieux but again we'll we'll get to that at a future date um but I I thought Arthur Seelove should have been in this poll I'll read the responses to the poll uh the voting so far 45% of voters say Arshdeep Baines 8% 8% say Tristan Nielsen, dog, and dog. 35% say Linus Carlson, 12% say they are angry, so 12% um, saying Archer Seelovs, basically. Um, that's the only reason anybody would be angry at this poll question. Um, and again, I gotta say, 12 is higher than 8, so Archer Seelovs is, uh, people are more excited to see him than Tristan Nielsen. Yeah. Yes, I wonder, I, I don't know, I feel like Seelovs would have, uh, 
maybe run away with this poll a little bit. You know, this this is what I say. This is what these people on Twitter they they always want it to be the other way around. You got uh, you can never give the right three options for people. They always get pissed off. They want to see C laws, but no, this poll question is picking between these three players. That's what the poll question's about. Okay. Just I, so I, I don't really know what else to tell you. I, I want Archie Seelovs in the poll question. I didn't get him, and I, I don't have much to say. Well, we'll do a, which goalie are you excited about to watch next year. We'll do something like that, whatever your little fun, I don't know, your little goalie talk things. We'll do that next week on the show. We'll get Woodley on here and everything. It'll be a blast. <laughs> that, that'd be a ton of fun. We're, we're going to have a good time at training camp. Remember last year at training camp we had Woodley on this show? <laughs> yeah, and we kicked him off of this damn show actually at yeah. one point. Yeah. It was all right. Get out of here, Woodley. That's where the uh, get out of here, Woodley from our uh, from our uh, intro, the goalie intro. Uh, yeah, it comes from. Okay, yeah. so that's our Atlas Goods poll question. Remember, folks, go to locally owned and operated atlasgds.com. They've got their location in Surrey, not a retail location though. That's for Epic. Uh, they are based out of Surrey though. Uh, same day shipping if you order before three p.m. So go check out Atlas Goods, Chris. Before we close out here, shorter episode today. Give me your outlook for the rest of the tournament, what you're going to be watching for, any any thoughts that you have, hopes, dreams, aspirations. Yeah, I think um, I, I'd love to see, do you remember last year uh, at main camp when they're doing their little scrimmages and Danila Klimovic had one game where he was excellent. Do you remember that, that, that one day? Yep. <laughs> okay, thanks for the addition there. Uh, yeah, it was, it was one day where, where like, Klimovic really took over, and he was playing against NHL competition. He looked great. He played well. And I want to see that at this tournament at some point. I do think it's a real possibility. I think especially watching, uh, we watched that 4 o'clock game where where the Oilers are playing the Jets. And I'll tell you what, within 10 minutes of watching the Canucks and Flames, we were like, okay, this is a much higher pace. The The Canucks and Flames are playing well against each other. So, so I think that those two teams are going to be two of the stronger ones. I... I want to see Klimovich have a good game. I really want to see that throughout this tournament. He's only got two more games to kind of to leave his mark. Um, there was there was definitely not a lot of things that went his way on Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's like you need to find that consistency. But I think in a tournament like this, you just want to see one game where he really showcases everything. I want to see that shot be rung bar down on a goaltender and Klimovich coming mm-hmm. down the wing and, and getting that going for him a little bit so that's one of the things i definitely want to see what about yourself anything you want to see from from the prospects aside from another archer Silov star which i know you want to see for sure well believe it or not i have something to add on klimovich uh beyond my going yup uh when you said something <laughs> to me and i was totally checked out uh reading twitter but uh i i do have something to add and you make a good point about klimovich right about wanting to see him take over a game chris like we talked about the importance for Arthur Silovs in the sense of, uh, and I'm not trying to bring this back to the goaltender, but when we mentioned that... Yeah, this you know, is Jeremy ridiculous Colleton's, what you're doing here. <laughs> well, we mentioned that Jeremy Colton's behind the bench, right? And this is, you know, this is all of these players. This is their first chance to, um, you know, be viewed by Jeremy Colton, right? And again, this is going to be the coach out in Abbotsford this year. So you definitely want to make a good impression on your new coach. And this is the player's first opportunity to do that. Arthur Silovs definitely did it. But as you said, I, I don't think Danilo Klimovic did on Friday night. And again, like, this was the organization's top prospect until uh, Jonathan Leckermacki was drafted, right? So, uh, again, like, we want to see more from Klimovich. And, again, like, this this is going to be, um, you know, not... I don't want to use the term make or break and blow it into more than it is because it's not. But, look, impression, first impressions matter and... You know, Klimovich kind of doesn't have a ton more time to make a good first impression, if that makes sense. Like, he, he's got to do it at some point in this tournament, right? Because at training camp, it's definitely harder to make a first impression, uh, you know, than you than you would at the Young Stars. Like, Klimovich is expected to be one of the best players in this tournament, and he's got to start acting like it soon. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's the thing. I want to see one game where he takes over. I want to see one game where... The Canucks win five to two against the Oilers, and Klimovich has two goals and an assist, you know, and is able to just rip one of those one timers because it's like, I don't know, you, you could almost see it even yesterday. Like he gets that opportunity for the one timer where he's like banging his stick on the ice for the one timer on the power play. He gets the pass, and then it's like his stick breaks, you know, and it's like oh, you just see the look on his face, like he, you know, like I don't know, it's like when Superman like does his little eye laser thing, like that's what it looked like. Uh, uh, Klimovich was about to do. If he looked at you wrong, you were going to get lasered. But like, 
Uh, I think watching him just, I don't know, like it's like he needs to have a good start to a game to have the confidence to go through with it. I mean, when one thing goes bad and then another thing doesn't go his way, it's almost like the game's a write-off for him. Uh, and I think that's something that we've seen at the AHL, and I think that's something where, like last season, Trent Call talked about it with Klimovic. He said, you know, he wants to be like a father figure for him and help him transition to this league. And, and don't get me wrong, I think as an 18-year-old coming over here and not speaking the language, it was tough. And I think he did have to have, I don't want to say baby him, but I mean, you know, like Trent Call even said, he had to be a father figure more than a coach a lot of the season. Um, this year, I think with a new coach and a guy who now has a year under his belt, spent the summer here in Vancouver, like you need to start to really coach this kid. Like he needs coaching. That's what he really needs. I don't think he got a ton of that in the Belarusian junior leagues or the second tier that he was in when he was drafted. This kid needs to be coached. I mean, there's, there's all the raw talent in the world. Absolutely. You see it in practice. You see it in pregame. You know, I see people tweeting out videos of him in the pregame, just, you know, wiring shots and one timers. And that's all great. It's all fine and dandy. It looks good in practice. And when he has time and space and no pressure, he, he's a great, great shooter. He really is. He, he has a shot that when he gets 100% of his wrist shot behind it, it's an NHL shot already. And, and that's damn impressive for a 19 year old. But this kid needs to be coached. Like, he 100% needs to be coached. I really like Jeremy Calton in this role, who's, you know, coached internationally, coached at the NHL level, played at the NHL level, been to the AHL. He's developed. Like, the you know, Calton is a really good coach to have in this spot. I just hope that, and I think he will, because it's a different spot. Now, Klimich has been here. He can speak the language better. I do think that there should be, you know, the onus should be put on Calton right now to coach this kid because he needs coaching and if he gets the right coaching and is able to reach his potential that he shows so much already uh, it it will be an NHL player there but it's going to take a lot of coaching and I think that needs to start happening this year because I don't know if we saw uh, a ton of like you know people talked about it and, and a lot of people in the organization talk about it. Ryan Johnson talks about it. Gary Agnew talked about it yesterday uh, who was the assistant coach last year how much improvement there was throughout the season for Klimovich and it was like Maybe, but there was also, you know, maybe the worst moment of his season came at the end last year when he turns over the puck in the neutral zone, slams his stick on the ice, and the other team goes and scores a goal. Like, those things need to be coached out of him. That that can't happen at a pro level if you expect to be an NHL player. So, uh, this kid needs the coaching, and I think the with the new head coach coming in who has a track record like Carlton, uh, I don't want to say there should be some pressure on Carlton to make that happen, but this would be... Very good on his resume if he was the guy who was able to finally get some coaching to Danilo Klimovic and get him to the next level of actually becoming an NHL talent. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like like I said, impressions matter, and he's going to have that chance, right? He's going to have that chance um, the rest of the tournament. Okay, before we close out, do you have anything else you want to add? Well, um, I talked to Connor Garland uh, just before I left here. Um, about uh, just like little things of his off-season work. And, and he uh, he brought up Jack Rathman, who I know I think you talked to just the other day as well. Um, yeah. and, and the stuff that Garland mentioned, because I, I kind of started with, uh, you know, trying to just start with something light and easy because he, he was on the course with Jack Rathbone. Uh, if you remember this, at the very start of the off-season, they played around together and Rathbone hit his first hole-in-one. Uh, and apparently, this is, what I, this is the information I got from, from Garland, Rathbone on the golf course dog apparently rathbone is apparently one of the best golfers that garland plays with um he also said that they've been like they've been skating for a long time together because they're from that same kind of i, th- I think it's called braintree i think that's the part of boston or part of massachusetts that they're from uh, and they got a really good group out there and he was saying like his skates and uh, i think we've heard this a little bit about garland is like his his workouts are crazy like he he is a guy who really works hard in the off season whether it be every time he touches the ice or when he's in the gym he's a guy who works extremely hard um, and to hear the way that garland spoke about rathbone um, and i think we've really seen this like since the day that rathbone first put on a canucks jersey to what he is now like uh, maybe you can speak a little bit more to this because you got to chat with him in person but like in my eyes, he put on a lot of muscle coming into last season. He looked like he really got a lot bigger and looked like he was really preparing for pro hockey. Um, and that's what Garland said. Like whether it be at workouts in the gym or on the ice, he loves going with Rathbone because the the two players push each other so much. And on the ice, he's like he was saying like things were getting pretty crazy between him and Rathbone in the off season, like just just pushing each other and pushing each other at these skates and like getting physical with each other and really challenging each other. And to hear that, um, you know. 
couple of dogs right there if you ask me the way that they've been going at it in uh in the off season so that's that was exciting to kind of hear from garland who um it, it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits next year i mean bruce boudreau was talking about garland um saying that you know he really liked what garland did in the in the kind of later parts of the season where he's putting up points and you look at five on five scoring last year for the canucks tied with jt miller at number one uh for five on five scoring he ends up putting up 47 points at five on five like it's going to be really interesting to see how they use Garland. Like, is, is Garland a guy who maybe plays, like, the left side with Pedersen and Besser? Is he a guy who plays with Pod Colson and Miller? I think that, to me, Garland should be a lock at that top six. If you're looking, like, trying to make a line that really creates offense, to me, Connor Garland's that guy, man. I uh, I would love to see him play with either Miller or Pedersen, and I think that's what's going to happen this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you you said something about uh, Rathbone there. I'll get to that in a sec because I I had a one on one with him uh, when everybody flew out to Penticton or, or drove to Penticton rather. Um, but you know the one thing about Connor Garland that I'll say is uh, you know Bruce Boudreaux was asked about uh, Garland playing on his offside, right? Um, and you know what that kind of opens up for him. And I know we've exhausted the Quinn Hughes on the uh, on the right side. Um, chatter as much as we could I think but uh you know Boudreaux was kind of talking about it with Garland and how he really likes playing there um you know because it kind of you know opens up his his opportunities to cut into the middle right which is something Garland really likes to do and it's something yeah. he's pretty good at right so um it'll be interesting to see kind of which side Connor Garland lines up on because I, I I think it's going to be his offside um when this uh when this team lines up on opening night and I think we're going to see a heavy dose of it um in the preseason so before we wrap I'll, I'll quickly touch on the chat I had with Rathbone it'll be coming out sometime this week uh I'm not sure if it'll be Monday not sure it might even be Sunday we'll see but I spoke with Jack Rathbone and it was really interesting because the conversation we had was, was really good like he's he's really excited for this year and I even gave him the opportunity like I, I asked him if he had seen the headline uh, when Jim Rutherford called Rathbone a player that is tracking well and deserves a chance in Vancouver uh, this upcoming season you know Rathbone was really kind of even keeled about it he kind of said like look like I, I try not to read the headlines and I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself like Rathbone's definitely not taking anything for granted but he does have the he, he kind of sounded like a guy who had the confidence that he belonged in the NHL this year and again it wasn't coming from well they said it so I deserve it it's from I know what I can do and I know that I can help this team um, at the NHL level and I, I think that's a really interesting kind of perspective that he that it seems like he kind of has and again I'll have more of it um, in the story but it, it kind of goes back to what I said I've been saying this since the season of like, yeah, I think the reason that he stayed in the AHL for so long is because they really wanted him to just kind of over-marinate, right? And this is something Patrick Alvin kind of talked about in Pittsburgh is we like to keep our guys in the AHL so they can really, really get good. And then by the time they're ready to come to the NHL, they're ready to go because they've had so much AHL experience. But, mm. you know, with kind of the old philosophy, right, it was kind of, well, he's he's probably the best option that they have for the third pairing. So let's put him up here. Like, you know, he was probably better than Brad Hunt who was getting games. Right. And again, like I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Like he was, he was probably a better option than Brad Hunt, but I think the organization wanted to have him kind of get that experience in the AHL. And I think long-term he's going to be better off for it. It's, it's what someone said to me about this when I was talking with them is, you know, that AHL experience playing in every situation and playing top four minutes is the difference between having an NHL top four defenseman and a guy who tops out as a third pairing guy, uh, because that's all he's done at the, a at the NHL level, right? Like this is a guy who's playing heavy minutes in the AHL, right? First, po first power play. Uh, he was killing penalties. He was doing everything, right? Like that's how you get a well-rounded defenseman is by giving them these opportunities in the AHL. So I'm really excited to see what Jack Rathbone's able to do this season. Yeah, and you know what? Like, to me, the philosophy behind kind of the way that Alvin and even Rutherford has used players in the AHL is, is like, you get them to a point where, like, think about, like, Adam Gaudet, right? Like, when Adam Gaudet, and I think we've, we, you know, hearing people talk about Adam Gaudet and the development over the summer was interesting, but uh, even Trent Cull's comments were pretty, uh, very interesting and telling, I think, on that subject. Um, who, by the way, Trent Cull's mustache right now is, is like, it's 9 out of 10. It is big and juicy the, the Canucks fans are going to see that on the NHL bench man I tell you people are going to change their thoughts on Trent Call they're going to love the mustache 
uh, it looks good. He's out here at uh, at Young Stars as well. But um, with Rathbone, it's like, and making the comparison to maybe Goddard, it's like Goddard at the time they were like, hmm, he looks like he might be ready for NHL minutes, right? Like he might be ready. But you look at what Rathbone did last year and throughout the season, watching him play in the AHL, in my eyes, you looked and you're like, oh, he is for sure ready for the next level. He, there's that much confidence in his own game from him playing. You like Think about what he went through last year, too, with that injury. Like That was a really bad injury, man. Like Getting hit in the back, being taken off on a stretcher, that situation. Like He just bounced back from that so, I'd say, quick and just so well to get right back into the swing of things. I think even going through something like that's big for a player to see that that doesn't have to worry them at all. Like he he went through a really tough injury, but he bounced right back into game action and looked excellent. And he's a player where you nailed it. Like he he was as good, I think, in my eyes as a guy that as using Brad Hunt. But it felt good to just let him dominate and let him be so ready for the next level. And that's something that you just saw last year with Rathbone. Like he. You know, was he you know uh, all AHL team for defensemen, all rookie team? Like he he was excellent. He was a, more than a point per game player in the A. There was there was nights where he was putting up you know close to like five points in a game. Like the guy was ridiculous certain times in the AHL. And I think that having that level of okay, I'm better than this league and ready for the next thing, and the next thing being the NHL. That's where I think he's at right now. So. Um, yeah, I think that you're you're bang on with with kind of just assessing that you want to see a player not top out as a third pairing player, and I think that that's what this extra time in the HL. And hey, you know what? It wouldn't shock me if he does start the season still in the A. Like it, it really wouldn't. If he's just if you really like what Dermot's doing, and say Pullman looks healthy, and that's what your third pairing ends up looking like, or Quinn Hughes goes to the right side, and something else shakes down, like. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they have him back there to just start the season. And then at any point, if you have an injury or if you have a player that isn't playing well, and I, and I lean more specifically to that side of like, if a player isn't playing well, say Dermot's not, you know, he's made a bunch of errors in a row. You take him right out of the lineup and you run, run with Rathbone until he really screws up. And I, I, I kind of like for Rathbone, maybe that being the case, because if he gets an opportunity because of poor play from someone at the NHL level, then he comes up and he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to be as good as possible so that he can stick in that spot. That's that's kind of like the best case scenario I see playing out for him, aside from him just coming into camp and looking excellent and absolutely dominating for a spot. Yeah, absolutely. And before I say I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the season in the AHL, I want to see him at NHL training camp and I want to see him in the preseason. I'm What I'm most curious about, Chris is if they kind of ride the wheels off him like they did last preseason, right? And that was an attempt mm-hmm. to see, can this guy handle the NHL grind, right? Like, I, I'd like to see Rathbone play in every preseason game once again, and I'd really like to see him get the opportunity to prove himself because I think he's capable, man. Like, I think he's capable of playing top four minutes uh, in the NHL, and I, I really want to see him prove that. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll reserve my take on if I'd be surprised to see him in the AHL to start the season until I've actually seen him play um in the preseason this year how much improvement are we seeing from the AHL because when I asked him he said he feels a lot more uh well equipped for the NHL game after playing that year uh in the AHL yeah I think um actually this might be let's close out on the I'll I'll quickly do a little prospects report uh Victor Pearson uh ends up getting an assist he was playing top pairing minutes in the league which is like honestly man I don't know what the hell's going on over there in that Finnish league anymore he was you know Victor Pearson's healthy scratch for the first game of the season then the next game comes up and he's on the top pairing so like I don't know what the hell's going on with that (laughs) Pelicans team there's probably a reason why they're called the Pelicans because like there's a lot going on over there that I don't know what the hell's happening uh and then we got SHL and Al Svenskin getting going very quickly um I think SHL is actually like right now like today is the first day of the shl um as we're recording this on saturday which we don't normally do so i'm going to keep my eye out and see if uh, elias petterson's playing i think his game starts in like 12 minutes right now right about when this podcast is getting released um so keep an eye on that uh, i'll be tweeting about petterson a little bit but you let, let's close out on this you brought it up um that you'd like to see rathbone play every game in the preseason um, I think we've heard it from the organization. I forget who now. I think it might have been Boudreaux or Alvin that um, they want to see uh, uh, Kuzmenko in every game uh, in the preseason. Who else? Is there another player for you on the Canucks roster that you want to see play every game in the preseason? I'd see Vasily Pod Colson. I think Vasily Pod Colson's probably the only guy that really comes to mind. Um, like, yeah, obviously you want Kuzmenko there. Uh, maybe Mikheyev, there's a chance. Um to, for him to play in every game because you want to get him comfortable with the systems right away. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Pod Colson's up there, though. Like, I, I guess it's the Russian players, right, that I'd like to see, um, you know, playing in every preseason game. I'm I'm thinking Niels Huglander, I think. I mean, just to, to prove himself under Bruce Boudreaux, right? I, I'd like to see Huglander be able to skate in a... You know, skate in a top nine line, but then also skate on a fourth line. Like, see what he looks like with Curtis Lazar and Jason Dickinson. Like, play that as a line. See what it looks like. Is that something you want to go with? Or are they really that set on Dakota Joshua being not only a fourth line player, but the the words we've heard from Patrick Alvin is like, he's going to help the bottom six. Like, is Dakota Joshua winning a third line spot on this team? I don't think so. Um, but I mean, he's, he could be a guy who plays on the fourth line instead of Huglander still. And I, I think it was kind of funny. Like, you know, we, we talked about it quite a bit on the show of like, uh, you know, maybe Huglander starts in the A and it just felt like all that thought process like disappeared when we got to see him back on the ice. Cause you just remember, you're like, Oh, like, you know, Huglander so fast. Like he, he's NHL fast. He's got great hands and it's like, he's got to be in the NHL lineup, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in preseason. Cause um, I don't know if he's been at the skates yet, but I, I don't think I've seen Dakota Joshua yet last week before I left. I don't think he's been at the summer skates yet, right? No, I, I don't think he has, actually. That's a really good point. So, interesting there, because I think he's he's in a spot where he's not... I don't know. I, it sounds like from the organization, like it is a guaranteed spot on the NHL lineup for Joshua. I'm, just, I'm telling you, I'm not sold on this guy yet. Like, I, I've heard the analytics yeah. are good, but I've seen him play and like... I've seen him play in the AHL more specifically, and I heard his game has maybe changed in the last couple of years since he was with Utica, and he really picked up after that. But um, I, I don't know. It just it felt like when he was signed in that free agency, like Alvin saying that he's going to be in their bottom six. Like I don't know. I, I, if he's really there, there is a chance that Huglander's not on this roster. But I, I just don't think they can do that to this kid who who should be in the NHL. I think, but could be starting the season in the A as well. Like, that's a serious option for a guy who doesn't even need to pass through waivers. Yeah, exactly. Like, that that's kind of how we've always viewed it, right? Is if, you know, if Joshua's in this lineup, it's, uh, you know, Joshua probably fits on a fourth line better than Nils Huglander does, right? Unless you, you make it like a scoring line, right? But I don't really know what this outlook is going to be for this team, right? So we'll have to wait and see. Again, like, it's a good point that you'd like to see Huglander play in every preseason game because you want to give him that opportunity to prove himself, right? So, uh, you know, it's a definitely an interesting perspective for sure. And one of the battles that we're going to be watching uh, at training camp. Also, shout-outs to Fon Roger. Uh, wrote an article at Canucks Army uh, about the one-on-one preseason battles that are going to be happening uh, throughout training camp and whatnot. Um, he did three of them. And uh, Jack Rathbone's on that list, as is Nils Huglander. We'll close it out there. Uh, do you have anything to add before I rush you, Chris? Because I, I need Greg to know that uh, I didn't rush you. Also, Greg uh, reached out to us after the last episode, and he said uh, that you were you made a false accusation that I was trying to rush you. He said no flag on the play. Okay, fair enough. Well, Greg's, Greg's starting to become part of the show lore here um, as the wrap-up. And yes, I do have something to add. So I got practice here. I think it's at noon uh, in Penticton. After that... Quads, you know you and I like to do this, go out and play pitch and putt, but here comes the money. Harm and I are going to play a pitch and putt game after this, uh, after practice, before the, the 7 o'clock game. So I'm super curious to see, uh, did, have we haven't golfed with Harm, right? Like we Did we pitch and no. putt with him once? No, Harm told us that he could only go to the driving range. Okay, so it's it's going to be it, because we didn't bring clubs up here, so we're going to have to go rent some clubs, but we're going to go, uh, there's one like right across the street from us, a little pitch and putt, looks nice, it's a pitch and putt that's got water you can shoot over, like it looks like a nice little pitch and putt, so uh, we're going to go see how that goes, and he better be paying, because yeah, they played his song last night, and somehow like he just pulled 40 bucks, some guy walked by, put $40 on the table in front of Harm, I said, what's going on here? Huh, wow, okay, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be a good round, you're going to need to tell us about it, just so you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm curious to see, like, uh, you know, Harm doesn't golf very often. So, and I'll tell you, man, the way I was playing, I played golf a couple times uh, a few weeks ago, a couple uh, back-to-back weekends playing, and I'm hitting hitting the iron strong. So, um, we'll nice. we'll see how it goes. It's going to be nice, and it's a good weather up here in Pentecton, enjoying it so far. Uh, got some good food recommendations from my uh, my pal Steve, who used to live up here. Um, and yeah, the, the fans have been excellent. Uh, shout out to everyone that, uh, that yelled at me, uh, as I was running down to, uh, to do media, we had to go through the fans. 
uh, leaving the arena. So <laughs> J-Pat and I, I, I you know, J-Pat was a really good little fullback for me. He was leading the way, uh, and he was moving. Like, J-Pat can speed walk with the best of them. He was, uh, he's like, just, uh, I was like, what do you want me to do? Put a shoulder down and move? He's like, no, he's like, I'll lead the way. <laughs> he's like, you be the running back. I'll, he's like, you be the halfback. I'll be the fullback. And I was like, all right, makes sense. And J-Pat put his shoulder down and got moving. Like, we were going the opposite way of the crowd who was exiting. And the whole arena's coming up one exit, it felt like. And J-Pat was just moving and cutting and weaving. Uh, and I was just following his lead. So uh, we got out of there. But shout out to everyone that... Uh, that uh, was yelling at uh, yelling out favor at me as I'm as I'm following JPAT, who's yeah, like I said, the fastest speedwalker I've ever seen. And uh, I tweeted this out, but somebody asked how long is Quad's gonna be uh, uh, as I'm leaving the parking lot. They asked how long you're gonna be just talking about this Seelaw shutout so much over the next uh, little bit. And I was like, yeah, dude, he's not gonna shut up about it ever. So uh, it's gonna be that. It's gonna be next episode. And I'm more, I'm like. I'm worried now, like, because I feel like the Flames had a pretty strong Young Stars team, and if uh, if Seelovs gets another start and puts up another shutout, man, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hear the end of that ever from you on this show. That's right, that's right, and uh, we don't use that word here, Chris. Uh, you probably just jinxed him, but whatever. Uh, oh, we'll just whatever. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Chris used the word once again. Oh my back god! To our I, show. There's it, there's no game on Saturday. I can say it on a day off at least. You guys got mad four hours before the game because I said it. That's that was uh-huh. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You 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 know you're not supposed to use that word. We'll close it out there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, who used a bad word today. No, no, no. Hey, before... No, no, no. Greg, listen up. Shut him up. Uh, This quads, this is the last time, as of next Tuesday, we'll be recording in the new studio because we need to get warmed up for the show because let people know, we are now less than 10 days away from going five shows a week and being live uh, on YouTube, so... We got a lot of work to do next week because, yeah, we, we are less than 10 days away from going to five shows a week, uh, which is very exciting for us. Uh, but, yeah, countdown is on, man. The 26th, the Monday, uh, that's our first day, and we're, we're super excited for it. But uh, also going to be an interesting week next week, you and I uh, setting up this uh, this whole new setup for us. Uh, I still need to buy you a chair, actually, um, for, the, for the new studio. But uh, the, the studio is, uh, is changing uh, next week. We'll see how it sounds. We'll see how it looks. Um, to our Patreon supporters, they're you know hopefully going to be able to see what the the video format looks like uh, for the first uh, first show there for next week, whether we do it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, if you want to join the Patreon to support the show, we're going to be doing a lot more uh, kind of just little five ten minute episodes, kind of as we wrap up the show, kind of thing. We're going to be putting a lot more content out there if there's stuff that we like to talk about that's kind of away from the rink and more fun. So uh, Patreon.com/slash Canucks Combo for that, uh, and you'll also get. Um, a little bit of a preview on what the the, the live show is going to look like on video. So we're going to have that up uh, next week for folks as we kind of run through our trials uh, on, uh, on the two shows that we record next week. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff. But yeah, pretty wild, eh? Less than 10 days, quads, till we... Uh, uh, I don't know if you've like let it sink in yet how, how much work five shows a week is actually going to end up being. Uh, it, it's a lot the more that I think about it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun though. We're really excited for it. I'm I'm excited. Like I told you, like Canucks Army's rolling right now. Hashtag pass Oilers Nation. Uh, we're we're feeling really good about this upcoming season. Obviously, yeah. Like we had Wyatt. Things are looking up at Canucks Army. I'm very excited for this upcoming season. Yeah, me too. And uh, I feel like my voice has gotten better as the show's gone on, which is good. I, yeah, you were not I sounding had... good. You were not Dude, sounding it's... good when you called me. And I want to make it clear, it wasn't because uh, it wasn't because I went out drinking last night. That's why I sounded so bad on Halford and Bruff on Friday morning at uh, seven thirty in the morning. I sounded horrible uh, because of a couple of beers with the Scares and Price guys uh, on Thursday night. But uh, no, not even uh, not even a drop of alcohol last night. Uh, ended up just having some of my Powerades and getting to sleep. But I left the AC on, and I will not make that mistake again uh, tonight. But uh, I feel like the voice is warmed up now, feeling a lot better. So I'm ready to go uh, talk to Klimovich. That's who we're getting today, so that's uh, that's exciting because we haven't heard from him uh, since main camp last year when he was up there with Archer Silovs to answer a few questions. Fantastic, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. I'm uh, I'm excited for the rest of the term. I'm excited to hear uh, what Klimovich and and my boy Archer Silovs has to say uh, through translation. All right, we'll close it out there for real this time for my co-host Chris Faber. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?